Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy and are blessed by this message. For more information on this and other resources, visit visionchurchci.org. So tonight, uh, pastors asked that I cover taxes, which is a exciting, uh, an exciting topic. Um, so uh, there's actually a, a lot that, and I'm, we'll we'll see how so we'll see how time permits, how far I get through all this. But I wanted to open with a quote from uh, Dr. Milton Friedman, who was a a, a, a well-known uh, economist and um, was, uh, if you ever have an opportunity to, to listen, there's a, he has a lot of speeches and stuff that are on YouTube. You can, can listen. He, he breaks down um, economics very, very simplistically. Um, and he's it, actually quite enjoyable to listen to. But uh, he has this quote that says, Nobody spends someone else's money as carefully as they spend their own. Um, and it is a, what is that? Do offering? Are we doing offering now, or do we do offering at the end? Do it at the end? Okay. All right, so nobody spends someone else's money as carefully as they spend their own, and that's a, that's a very, um, there's a lot of truth to that. I think it breaks it down pretty easily. Um, so just to recap, I want to just to kind of build off the foundation I spoke a few weeks ago um, about education, but we, we talked about government in general, um, and I, I read from this book, The Law, which is written from Frederick Bastiat, which was originally written um, in the 1850s. Um, and it, and in, in there he says that if every man has the right of defending, even by force, his person, his liberty, and his property, a number of men have the right to combine together to extend, to organize a common force to provide regularly for this defense. And essentially what that is is, is establishing the right to create government, um, which he calls a common force. Um, now that common force has no greater reaching power than you do as an individual, your individual right to defend your own uh, life, liberty, and property. And he says, thus, as the force of an individual cannot lawfully touch the person, the liberty, or the property of another individual, for the same reason, the common force cannot lawfully be used to destroy the person, the liberty, or the property of individuals. So to keep that in that same uh, train of thought as the foundation and the justification, the legitimacy of government, and that everything that government does has to lead back to what it was, uh, what its legitimate use and, and authority is. So taxes, uh, just a quick definition of taxes. We all know what they are, um, but it is a compulsory contribution to state revenue levied by the government on workers' income and business profits or added to the cost of some goods, services, and transactions. It's a pretty basic, it's the government. You have to pay a tax to the government, um, and it is, it, you really don't have a choice in it. It is a requirement that you have. Um, the second definition of a tax is a strain or a heavy demand. And I think it's kind of fitting. I mean, it's, that's what taxes are. Um, it, it, is a, it is a demand against your property um, for simply being a citizen of our, of our, of our government. Uh, Dr. Walter Williams, I mentioned him earlier last time I spoke. He, he has his own, um, another definition or explanation. And it's taxes represent government claims to private property. In a nutshell, that is what it is. The government is laying claim to what you own, to what you have produced, or to what you own um, as an individual. Now, taxes we have as Americans, we have an obligation to pay taxes. Um, it's not really a, I don't think there's really any argument that would say that you do not have a responsibility to pay taxes. Um, the government, as a, as a common force, there is an expense that it has to operate. And because we, we, we are citizens of that government, we are the ones who bear the cost for them to, to operate in the, the authority and the powers that they have. Now, we only have that responsibility, I believe, 
to pay taxes towards the constitutionally enumerated powers of the federal government. Now I'm talking about federal taxes. Um, because our, our, our founders knew that the, the power to levy tax against people is, is a power that can very easily be abused and can very easily be used to destroy individual life, liberty, and property. And so they, were, they, they spent a lot of time and they put a lot of effort into limiting the power of the federal government. And they enumerated, they listed those powers very specifically in the Constitution for that reason. And Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution established the powers, the enumerated powers of Congress and what Congress had the ability to do. And there, I believe there are, there are 18 clauses in that section, in that article. And I won't go through all of them, but number one is the power to tax and spend. So that, the reason why government has, Congress has the authority to tax us is because the Constitution gives them the authority to do that. Apart from that, they do not have the authority unless it was given to them in the Constitution. Um, they have the power to borrow. They have the power to, um, to, to coin money. The reason why we have dollars and change is because they have the ability to do that. They have the power to do that. The military falls under that, is listed in there. So there's a few, a bunch, a few other things, but that's it, the reason why uh, they can do anything is because of, of what has been given, what authority has been uh, handed over by the citizens, by the individuals to the common force that is our government. Now, after the Constitution was ratified, we have, uh, soon thereafter, we had the, the Bill of Rights, which was the first ten amendments that were, that were then uh, adopted to the Constitution. And the Tenth Amendment, the last one of the Bill of Rights, simply says that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or the people. And essentially what it said, what that was saying is, look, just so that you weren't clear if it's not in that list, you do not have the, the federal government does not have the right or the authority to operate beyond what that list says. So um, in our book that, that we are reading, Well-Versed, um, the author begin, try, attempts to draw a, a comparison um, between tithes and taxes in an effort to provide some scriptural, biblical uh, justification for, for taxes. Um, and he, and he, it, to provide that, that perspective on the concept and the necessity of a tax, um, he, he primarily uses the scriptures about tithing. And I, because the, he, he covers so much stuff in this book, and it's, it is a fairly small book, there's a lot that is left out. And so I, I don't want to say that I completely disagree with the correlation that he drew, but I would need more information. I would have to have a conversation with him to really understand the full context of where he was coming from. Because I don't, I don't see tithes and taxes equal. Um, I think there's, there's a, a pretty distinct uh, differences between them. And uh, tithes are paid to God through the church. We pay our tithes through the church. And it's, a, and it's essentially a personal choice that you make. Um, if, you, if you decide not to pay your tithes, the church is not going to come after you to, to take your tithe from you. The church isn't going to do that. Now, you're depriving yourself from the blessing that God has established and the principle of tithing. So you can choose not to do it, but then you're also choosing not to participate in the blessing that God has. Um, but you're, you're, you don't have the fear of any sort of force being applied against you to come get your, your tithe. Now, with taxes, you do. Taxes is something that you do not have a choice in. Um, you have to pay your taxes. Uh, you are required by law. 
and subject to the common force, that is government, to pay your taxes. If you decide not to pay your taxes, the government will come after you and apply the necessary force against your person, your property, and if need be, your liberty. And so there is a, a very distinct difference between tithes and taxes. Um, tithes plant a seed for future harvest and blessing for you and your family, while taxes are confiscated and devoured by governments for their own interest and endeavors. That was my, that was my, uh, if I was going to sum them up, that is essentially what it is. And so government, um, they, they are by no means equal. Um, so I, I, I had some struggle with the, the justifications that he was, that he was coming to. Um, not that I necessarily disagreed with him. I just, there, there needs to be more. I need to see the background to where he was coming from. But um, now, that's not to say that, you, that we don't have a responsibility and even a moral responsibility to pay our taxes. Taxes are necessary. And our founders understood that. Um, they also understood that this, the severity that the burden of taxes can have on a people. And if you look back to one of the primary reasons why we, we declared independence from England was because of taxes. And because the, the, the government of England was, was the, the, the phrase tax, taxation without representation. We were, we were essentially not being represented in government as the, as the colonies, but they were taxing us and so the, the, the understanding of, look, it, government has no, if the people do not have a, a representation in government, then that government body has no right to, to, to tax or to uh, regulate that, that individual. And so um, taxes is a, is a, a cornerstone issue of, of, of why the American, uh, the United States of America even exists today. Um, Chief Justice John Marshall, um, is a, he's a fairly well-known uh, Supreme Court justice, and in one of his uh, writings he wrote, quote, that the power to tax involves the power to destroy. And if you remember, if we go back to the quote that I read from, from Frederick Bastiat, uh, that the common force cannot lawfully be used to destroy the person, the liberty, or the property of individual, and so there is a there is a constant struggle between the the authority and the power of government to tax its people, and the the freedom and liberty of the individual against that government. It is it was it's designed that way, um, and and the intent behind that was that force that struggle between the individual and the government was intended to keep the government in check, to keep the government in, in line with what the Constitution had written its, its authority out to be. And so, uh, they, they, they personally, the, our founders personally understood the injustice of, of, of taxing power and what it could, what, what it could do to an individual and what it could do to a, a family and essentially what it could do to uh, the colonies themselves. And they went to great lengths to ensure that the force of taxing would not be abused. And with all the, uh, the wisdom and the, the effort that they did, we, are, we wind up, we, we find ourselves today um, in the, and, and it doesn't take much to look around to see that the, the, the growth of government over the past, really the past 50, 60 years is, is astronomical. And I don't believe was ever um, intended by, by our founders and by our, our constitution um, to have ever taken place. And one of the things that you have to understand about government is that it cannot create Government cannot produce. It doesn't have the ability to. Government cannot create revenue. It cannot produce revenue. 
The only way that government has a, a, a bank account is that it, is, it, it takes, it taxes money from individuals. So every dollar that government has is a dollar that was taken out of the pocket of the American citizen. And so if, if you understand that every time that government moves, and I talked about this a few weeks ago, every time that government moves and, and, and does anything, it is applying pressure, it is applying force against the individuals of, of the United States. And so if you understand that, uh, that government cannot create and cannot produce, and we often hear um, you know, that, we're, that government's going to create jobs, it, it can't. Other than, which even though it doesn't, even, even government employees, those jobs are not actually created by government because their salaries are paid by taxes. And so indirectly, they are created by the, the private sector itself. So government has no ability to actually create. At the best, it can just simply move a job from the private sector to the public sector. Because essentially, and, and then again, I, I'm employed by government. I mean, I'm not, uh, there, is a, there is a need for public employment, for public uh, agencies and, and, and departments. But to, to, to take the position that, that, that government created that job is a misunderstanding of the way the relationship between government and its people. And so um, every dollar that government spends is taken out of the pocket of its citizens, and oftentimes out of the pockets of, the, of generations of citizens to come. And it is why we have the amount of debt that we, that we incur as the United States of America. We, we cannot... They, they wouldn't be able to tax us enough to pay off that debt today. And so there are generations, and the problem with abusing the power of taxation is, is that it affects not only the citizens today, but it affects the citizens that are, that are yet to come. And so we hear the argument... Um, you know, yeah, but government takes care of the poor, it takes care of the needy, it takes care of these different programs that otherwise would not have been taken care of. And so, it's okay for them to tax us for those things. And that sounds really good. And it sounds, you know what, you know, hey, maybe there's some truth to that argument. But if you, if you remember back to the discussion that we had before about individual force and common force and that the only force that government has that's justified is the same force that you could then um, extend to protect your own life, liberty, and property. That it does not, government does not have the moral right to do anything that you as an individual do not have the right to do um, for your own for your own self. And so this is not my example. This is an example that I heard someone give, but it, it's, it's a pretty good example. So let's say that uh, my dad is um, homeless and that he's on the side of the street. And um, I came across and I saw, oh, my goodness, this, this poor man has no money. He has no home. That's not right. So I'm going to go to Paul and I'm going to tell Paul that I, he has to give me $200 so that I can go give Greg, my dad, money, get him, a, you know, get him some food, get him a place to stay. Paul says, no. Well, I apply force to Paul, and I take Paul's money. Now, the force that I have applied to Paul is not justified. Even though the, my intent may be I'm trying to help this guy over here. I do not have a moral right to Paul's money. And if I did that today, if I did that today, I would find force being applied against me by the police because that is theft. Even though I'm not going to take the $200 and go spend it for, for my own gain, you know, I, my, my intentions may be pure, but I do not have the right to Paul's money for whatever reason. 
So if I don't have the right to apply pressure against Paul, to apply force against Paul to take his money, his property, to give to another citizen, another individual, then the U.S. government does not have the right to apply pressure or force against Paul, one individual, to give his property to another individual. And so, even though the intent of the government program may be good, it does not have the moral right to be involved in that scenario at all. Now, if Paul sees Greg on the side of the road, he has the choice to, to give charity to Greg, to help him. Now, I believe that as, as Christians, as the church, that is our responsibility. That is not the respons- responsibility of government. That is our responsibility as Christians to see the hungry, the needy, the widowed, the orphaned. That's our responsibility given to us by God. But instead, we have delegated it to government. And so, it's, it's funny because we, for the most part, we are not happy with our government. Um, I think, regardless of how, how you voted in this past election, it is clear that the society that on both sides are not happy with, with what government is doing and the way government is, is acting and moving. Congress, for example, has an approval rating of 15%. That is, that is terrible. 85% of us do not approve of, con- of Congress. I don't know if there's any other issue um, in today's American society that you would find 85% agreement on. The, what's that? The media? Yeah, but even then, I don't know if you would get 85% that the media is, is uh, abusing its, its role. Um, so, but Congress, now we just had an election, so Congress is changing the, the representation, the, the representatives there. But the past Congress, 87% of the, of the members of Congress, the House and the Senate, 87% of them were there as, as incumbents, multiple-term members of Congress. So if 85% of us do not approve with what Congress is doing, but we've reelected 87% of them to go back. So how does that, how does that happen? Like why do... Well, it is, a, it, it's part, right, right, so um, the, the, the party system um, was warned against by our founders, they called them factions then, um, and I would agree that, that the, the two-party system that we have is detrimental to um, our, our Efforts in controlling Congress and government, yeah. And term limits is a great, yeah, term limits is another, would be a, a term limits is, an, is something that I was not originally in favor of, um, but as I've grown and I've, and I've looked into uh, different things, I am all for term limits. I don't believe that there is any other way um, to get, to, to put a check on what's happening in Congress. And so the, but it goes beyond the two-party system, and it goes beyond term limits. Term limits is a, is a reaction to and an effort to uh, stop um, what's happening. But why would, if 85% of us disagree with Congress, why do we keep electing and re-electing the same people to represent us to Congress? And it's, and it's actually kind of an easy answer because... Um, We, while we may disagree with Congress as a whole, we don't typically find our representative as the problem. And so I think that the person that 
that I voted for as my representative in Congress um, is good. And it kind of, this kind of goes back to the two-party system. But I don't like who you elected to represent you in Congress. But I don't have any ability to change what, what your choice is in another state or another district. And so we keep thinking that our representative is not the problem, that it's somebody else's representative that's the problem, or, or another senator that's the problem. And, um, and the truth is, whether we like it or not, is that we tend to base or rate our, our representatives on what they can do for us. We don't rate them on how well they follow the Constitution. And whether we want to believe that we do, we don't. Um, because if the, if the next candidate um, for, for our representative to the U.S. Congress came to us and said, I will not fight to bring money back to this district. I will fight to cut the budget. I will fight to um, stop government spending. I'll, I'll fight to stop uh, public works projects from, from coming to this district. We would most likely not vote for them because the, we have grown to enjoy the, um, the efforts of our fellow citizens. Um, I enjoy, or as we enjoy as a, as a body, as a, as, a, as a people, enjoy whether we like it in the, in the micro detail. The macro detail of, of this is the fact that that government is taking money from Paul to pay this, this issue over here that I don't have to deal with. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, and that's really why government has grown to the, to the extent that it has, is because it is harder on us as individuals to be responsible. And it's harder on us as individuals to, to take care of the, the responsibilities that we have as individuals. It's easier to have the government do it. And, and I know that's, that's a bit uncomfortable, um, but it, when you really look at, um, now, when you really look at it, you realize that it, we tend to lean more towards the, the candidates that are, that are promising to do stuff for us rather than promising to uphold the Constitution. And um, it's, it's a really, really difficult mindset um, to, to change because uh, I'm trying to, I lost my spot here, so give me a second. And so when we make decisions with how we vote and how we influence government, how we influence Congress, we have to keep in mind the principles that this system was, was established and built upon. And we can't m simply make, this, make decisions based off of our emotions around a given issue or topic. And uh, whether or not we like the intent of a bill, of a law, or regulation, it is not enough to justify its existence. And, and while I may like the intent that if I take Paul's money to help this individual, that's a good intent because this guy needs money and Paul's got an extra 200 bucks I know he didn't need, um, then let me go ahead and do it. While, while the motive may be pure, may be good, it's, it is simply not enough to justify taking, stealing Paul's money to give to somebody else. Um, most, many of the more recent programs, government programs, extend beyond the legitimate power of the federal government and really start to encroach into the responsibilities of us as Christians and the church. 
prior to uh, the Great Depression, there was a quote here I wanted to read, and I, I wonder if I missed it. Oh, well, that's all right. Prior to the, to the Great Depression, um, federal spending was roughly 3% of our nation's GDP, our gross domestic uh, profit, which is essentially the, the total sum of production from the United States. Again, not, not the government, from the economy of the United States, its individuals. So, and for most of, up until about the 1940s, the average federal spending, now, that's, I'm, I'm not talking about state and, and local taxes because they're, states have much more broad uh, ability and powers than the federal government does. Now, it may not seem that way, but the way our system is set up is that the intent was to give more discretion and more power to the levels and layers of government closest to the individual. And so uh, the state government has a, a vastly greater power uh, than the federal government should have. And so up until roughly about the 1940s, on average, federal spending was roughly 3% of our GDP. In 2010, federal spending was over 20% of the GDP. And that is a, that is a huge growth in, in the amount of programs and um, issues that, that the federal government is being involved in that was never intended um, from, from, the, from, the, from our founding. And um, the, we've allowed government to replace us, the church, as the support for those in need. And by extension, to replace our dependency as individuals on God with a dependency on the government. And um, it's, it really falls to the, the role that the church plays in society and what our responsibilities are as Christians and the church, and that if we began to, um, because you couldn't, you can't, you can't just cut out right now, like today, if we just said, you know what, we're going to cut out all of these programs starting tomorrow. The effect that that would have on, on our society would be devastating. And so the church has to begin to move and begin to provide a, and I hate to say it, but an alternative to a government program and the the ability to do that is it falls to us and it's and it's a very difficult um, responsibility to to enact given how long we've gone down this path and um, President Calvin Coolidge said that, this was the quote I was looking for, collecting more taxes than absolutely necessary is legalized robbery. And what's happened is that we have allowed legalized robbery to become common and normal. And the scenario that, that, that I gave of taking the money from Paul is essentially legalized robbery. I mean, that is what happens today, every day, or really every April 15th, um, is that Congress has legalized every paycheck. Yes, that government has legalized for certain things the theft of your property for somebody else's need. And the problem with that is that once legalized robbery becomes the norm, nobody, it's detrimental to you not to participate. And so 
the federal government has all this money that it's taken from, from us as citizens, and it says that we will give this money to you, a state or a district, for you to do X, Y, Z. Now, in order for you to do that, you've got to do a couple things for us, and, and then we'll give you this money. And so that, that happens. So 49 of the states agree to it, and Florida says, you know what, it's not right, it's not just, we're not going to participate in that. All that does is it hurts us because they've already taken our money, but we're not going to get any benefit from it. And so what they've done is they've created this system where it is in our, our interest to participate in this legalized robbery. And so that is why it, becomes, it has become, and it will be, so difficult to really change course. What's that? Yeah, it's essentially, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 right. And, it, and I'm not sharing on education, but it's a good, pretty good example of it. Um, and I didn't spend a lot of time on this last time about Common Core. Um, but essentially, the federal government said, do this or you won't get any education funds. It is. And that, and that's the scenario that, that states were presented with. And so they were left with the, the dilemma of, okay, we really don't like this, but can we afford to, to stand our ground? And, and most of them decided that they, that they wouldn't be able to afford that. And so because we've, we've the moment that you accept the money, it's, it's, there's, it is going to be extremely uncomfortable to, to stop that relationship. And it's, it's a bit dramatic, but it's essentially like a, a, a drug addict and a drug dealer. And the, the moment that you decide, okay, let's, let's do this, is the moment that the hook gets put in. And it's, it's extremely uncomfortable and will be, in many cases, will, will affect us as individuals in a way that we may not be comfortable with and we may not be willing to, to handle, to, 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 to go through the effort to break this addiction. And so I believe the only real way to do it is, is going to be incrementally. Now, term limits is, 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 is one of those pieces, is that to get the same people who have been in office for, for decades, has to, that has to end. I mean, there's no way to get away from the, 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 the system that we have of politics, not the system of government, the system of politics that we have um, without getting new people in there. Now, and that's only a, that, that's really not the best solution, but it, at this point, it's probably the best solution that we have. Um, but the church has to be able to create an alternative for people. Because, I mean, if you take any, any program, um, uh, welfare, Medicaid, Medicare, any of those things, you take those away, it affects people. Because the, whether we like it or not, people have, and, and we have, we've built our lives upon, those, upon the expectation and dependency of that program. And so to take it away, there has to be an alternative. There has to be something to, to adjust to. And, um, and it's going to be extremely difficult to do. Yeah, Paul. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, there are. There are some, some efforts that are being made, yeah.
Right. Now, it's a great example. And, 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 and it's, we have to be honest with ourselves because in a situation like that, it gets very personal. And, and it's really easy for us to say that abortion is, is a sin, it's a crime, and that it should not be legalized. I mean, I, I fundamentally believe that. And it's really easy for me to say that. It's a whole nother issue and, and reality when somebody, when a young woman shows up in front of you who has, who's debating and deciding on whether or not to, to, to terminate the life of her child and what you're going to do to, to ensure that that child survives. That's a completely different reality. And for whatever reason, some of them are probably justified. Not all of us can take on the, the, the responsibility of, of doing that. And it gets really, really personal when this stuff gets broken down to that level. And, and we, we, we look at the, the millions of lives that, that have been lost to abortion. And it rep, they represent young women who are faced with a decision. And in, in, in most cases, I, I believe, probably feel that there is no other option. And the reality of that has to be, it has to be overwhelming. I mean, to, to, to be faced with that decision. And, and for the church, for us to not make that a priority is, is really a reflection of us. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's one of the things that's really, really hard to, to take in self-reflection and to realize the shortcomings that, that we all have and the, the part that we have played in creating what, what is reality to us today. Yeah. Right. Right. It is. It's absolutely. Yeah, and it's and, and that ministry, um, which is now um, Mercy Multiplied, has touched thousands of, of young women, and it is a very very expensive ministry. Millions of dollars a year, to ten million dollars a year. And they help how, I mean, with all the work that they've done and, and of the impact that they have had on those lives, it is, it is such a small percentage of what we face, and it takes $10 million to run. And so this is, these are issues that it's really easy, and this was something that I struggled with when I, when I ran for, for office and, and got elected. It's really easy to have an opinion when it doesn't matter. And, it's, and, and once you have a responsibility of what that, of what that opinion actually will do, it's, it, it changes your perspective. And um, when we realize that, that when we say government should not tax us, should not take our money, and I, and I believe that, that, that means that that responsibility shifts from government, where it, is, where it is, is unjust, it should not be there. Government does not have the responsibility to, to handle your finances, does not have the responsibility to ensure your retirement, does not have the responsibility to ensure that you have health care. It's not, it just simply doesn't. It doesn't have the authority to. That falls on us as individuals. One of his statements is to drain the swamp, which is what we're talking about here, getting rid of the law, the lifers there, so to speak, in the mm -hmm. government. But when people in government say 
things like when a journalist says to the a representative, you know, there's 47 million people on food stamps. Well, isn't that wonderful? That's the mindset you're dealing with. We're well, taking care of more people. The government right, is right. helping, and we need to take more and more and more. We need more food stamps. That's the mindset that has to be broken. Right, and it's not necessarily that, it, that, the, that the mindset is, is flawed because they honestly believe, I believe that, that not, maybe, not everybody, but there are most of them sincerely believe that what they are doing is, is good for, for the public, that, they, that the, the, the program of food stamps from it being created was probably a pure intent. They saw a need, they saw a problem, and this was the solution that they came up with. But that is not enough to justify it. And, and so if there was a, a issue of hunger, where was the church? Yeah. Where were the churches in, 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 in small towns and cities to, to take care of and provide a service to the community? I mean, that's really where it comes down to. Yeah. And, and so the mindset of that we are helping people, I honestly believe most of them believe that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's the understanding of, of the authority that you have and the power. And this was something that when I, when I was first got hired by um, Walton County and I worked for Cecilia, um, when she was commissioner, it was something that I that I found myself falling into, and that I quickly realized. We would get phone calls and emails um, about problems every day, real problems that citizens had. Now, whether I felt that they were at the need of the, the level of why I were, if it was my problem, would I call government about it? Probably not. But it was something that a problem was presented. And my first instinct is to solve that problem. And while my intent was, was pure, I quickly realized, wait a second. This isn't necessarily something that, that Walton County government should be involved in. And, and it is, it's very easy to step across the line because your intention is good. There's a problem there. Personally, my, my, my individual personality, when I see a problem, I want to solve it. It's my first instinct. I want to help people. And so now that falls to me as an individual and not Walton County government. Yeah. And when, when government, when you understand government is not made up of some force out there floating around. It is made up of individual people mm -hmm. that fill those positions, that fill those elected seats, that, that, that create the bureaucracy that we fight against. They, every one of those positions is an individual that has an individual outlook on life and whether, whether what they do is justified or not, most of them believe that what they're doing is good. And while there, there may be others out there who understand the manipulation and, and, and the devastation that they're creating, I believe that most of the, of the staff, like, and this was, I mean, if you've ever talked to any Walton County staff member, you'll, they're great people. That every one of them loves their job, loves to go out there. If you've ever had any encounter with Public Works, those guys will do anything for you. But they're just, they're decent people. You have an issue with your road, they will be there. They work overnight, the, over hours, they work on the weekends, they work during storms. I mean, those people, because what they do, they are, they are helping. Now, when you start to, to, to put that into the, 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 the size and scale of the federal government, and, and you realize that just because there's a need there, it doesn't justify or, or legitimize the federal government moving and acting mm -hmm. to solve that need. And, and it's, it's a really hard balance to keep. And it all, it all hinges on us as individual citizens that we are the greatest check against government power. But we very, very seldom use that ability the way we should. Now, the argument against, and, I'm, and we'll close with this, the argument against term limits is that the option of term limits occurs every two to four years with every election. Yeah. And that's the argument against it is, 
if you don't like what your representative is doing, then vote them out. But back to the argument of we, we kind of like what our representative is doing because they're bringing stuff back for our district. And so we don't want to vote them out. We want to vote that guy out because we don't like what he's doing. But his, the people that he represent like what he's doing. And so the, the problem with term limits is that it's, a, it's, a, it's really a false check. But I don't, I, 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 I've come to the, the, to the opinion that I don't think there's any other way right now. And that's, that's the reason why I've, 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 I'm in favor of term limits, because I just don't see another solution. Because right now, the, the American people don't understand the role that they have and the role that government should have enough and, and are willing to, to take the risk of putting somebody in there who does. Another thing, too, about the term limits is um, they, they come in. It, it's not a career. It's supposed to be right. a service to your government, but they've made it a career. Right. And they, once they get in there and they, you know, there's, it's just so tempting to do crooked things, put money back here, do this, take there. And that's where fresh ideas and fresh new people, knowing that it's a service, not a career, would come in and hopefully uh, come up with new ideas. Right. And, and you know, and, and I think they would take pride in, in uh, their services to their country instead of just making a career out of it. That's yeah, why I, I'm and, so for it. And if you look back, I mean, there's 435 members of, of, the, of the House of Representatives, and there's 100 senators. Of those 535 people, I believe that the vast majority of them, the vast majority, got in for what they believed were right, just beliefs. And then they get into their into that 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 position, and they get into that atmosphere of what of what government has become, the system, the system. and it's and it, it it begins to break down, and you don't even realize it. I mean, you begin you, you start being influenced by things a little at a time, and by the, by the time you realize it, you have you have eroded who you are and the principles that you went in standing on. And I really don't think that, that the vast majority of them went in with the idea that I'm going to go in there and, and legally steal from one citizen to give to another. They just, they just don't believe that. But it is exactly what they do. Because they believe that what they're doing is, is just and what they're doing is a need that, they, that needs to be met.